Welcome to today's BCOG online podcast episode. These weekly sermons are a part of the growing online ministry of God. Buford Church of God is a growing multi-campus and multicultural Pentecostal church north of Atlanta. We are reaching people around the world to see lives transformed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in with us and enjoy today's episode with Senior Pastor Joey Grizzle. Please remain standing. Genesis chapter 24, starting with verse 10. Then the servant took 10 of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahan, and he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, when women go out to draw water. If you're going to catch a woman, you've got to go to where they are. <laughs> Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink, and I will also give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. And it happened. Before he had finished speaking, that behold, Rebecca. Say amen at the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Such a great, great story. Abraham wanted to find a wife for his son. Abraham had many employees, people who had committed their life to serve in his organization, his company, his family. And this man was one of those. He went to his most trusted employee and said, I want you to go back to a foreign country and find a woman for my son. Don't get more than one. Just ask one. Get the right one. And if she doesn't come back with you, you don't get another chance. It'll be over. We appreciate it. You just come on back and we'll keep going. But go find the perfect woman. In a foreign country. Can you imagine? I mean, we live in the promised land. Abraham was called out of this foreign country and he was living in Georgia. He was enjoying the beauty of Lake Lanier and those wonderful mountains and the Clemson football game the night before. He had all kinds of good. He was in this this great experience. And he said, now I want you to leave Georgia and I want you to go all the way back to Mississippi and find the perfect girl. Is anybody from Mississippi? Because they're about to go under the bus. I mean, this is why we appreciate Alabama. They stand between us and Mississippi. I want you to go all the way back over there and I want you to find the perfect girl in Mississippi. And this man started to pray. He didn't just pray, God, help me. Lord, I want to do the right thing. Let me do a good job so I get a pay raise. Lord, I want to to find the right girl. That's not what he prayed. He prayed for Abraham. He said, God, be merciful to my employer. Show kindness to the person who owns the company. Be graceful and gracious to my manager, my superintendent. Be kind, Heavenly Father, to the president, the principal, the executive officer. Show kindness to them. And I can't help but believe 
that his desire to pray, the countenance of this servant, was a reflection on the character of Abraham. What kind of leader Abraham had to be to produce this kind of loyalty and affirmation on the team? Makes me think about the Buford Church of God. One of the things that I love about Buford Church of God is that we are a great place to work. I have pastor friends who come to me and they're looking for employees. They search for them. How do you find a kid's church pastor? How do you find a music pastor? How do you find this? How do you find that? And they have consultants. They pay people to help them find somebody who will just fill out a resume. They said, what do you do when, when you have a vacancy? I said, I have three, three people for every position. I have people waiting in line. They say, how does that happen? I, I can't fully explain it. All I can tell you is there's a lot of people that want to work at Buford Church of God. The Lord has blessed us with a great reputation and a great name. And I know that I could say, well, that's because you know, of me, that I'm a great employer. And part of that's true. Part of that's true. But there's another part to that. We work for the Buford Church of God, and this is a great church to work for. There's great people. It's a beautiful town. It's a wonderful environment. And when we come to work, all of these workers can tell you, you can look at the countenance of our faces. When we show up here, there's a teamwork. There's a, an affirmation. We appreciate the labor of love. Why? We don't work for the church. We don't work for each other. We work as unto the Lord. We, we work for God. And God gives us a cheerful heart as we go about his business with the unity that we have. My staff prays for me. They work for me. They believe in me. And I believe in them. You know, for a lot of churches, I, I remember being called maintenance man one time by a pastor whose church was about this size. And he said, hey, maintenance man, come here and help me. Never wanted to learn my name. I, I just... It just bugs me. But in this church, there's no difference in Pastor Gary, Pastor Marty. If you can't go, he's got to go. If we're not there to preach, you've got to preach. Well, he just cuts the grass. No, you don't get to be on staff at this church unless you have a connection with God. We, we don't cut this grass. We, we serve the Lord. We, we praise God according to what God has given us. We do it as a labor of love. I, I, for years, I would go by these mega churches and I would just look at the grass and be envious of the millions of dollars in this lawn that costs more than our gym. I'm like, oh, how do you... I'm just a loser. I can't get anything right. I don't know. You just, you just feel diminished by this. Now I can tell you this. You can go by any yard of any church you want to we got the best grass in the business in this church. We, we take care of the lawn. But here's the thing. While Marty's out there cutting the grass, he's not just putting those nice square lines that you enjoy. He's not just trying to make sure that it looks right. He's out there praying while he works. Sarah Cano, as she cleans the church, when she lays her hand, she's listening to worship music. 
Jamie keeps music playing at all times over there in his workstation. When he has to go get tools, he hears glorious music giving honor and praise to God. This house is built on people who are here to celebrate what God is doing in the life of the church. And so when we have a task to do, whether it's clean the restrooms or paint the walls or cut the grass or visit the sick, we don't do it for people. We do it as unto the Lord with a cheerful heart, with all of our heart, because we have a labor of love. And I just admire and appreciate the teamwork, the camaraderie that we have. It means so much that we don't have to come in here and have weird little fights going on and people being jealous and manipulative of one another. It's, it really is a family. cord of three strands not easily broken. You want to know why this church is strong? Because at the heart of it, we are in one mind and one accord. Praise God. Keeps the devil out. You may try and come up. Well, I want to talk to you about one of your staff members. Careful. It's like coming up saying, listen, I need to talk to you about your wife. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Bring a lunch. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that my wife or I or any of the staff is perfect, but you don't come in here to tear down. You come in to build up. I believe God's blessed us with a great staff. So this man was on staff with Abraham, and he, he had to go pick a girl, the right girl, in Mississippi. How do you find a girl in Mississippi? What are you going to go through? Is he going to find the girl he's looking for, one that he likes? Or is he going to find a girl that Abraham likes? Or is he going to try and find a girl that he thinks Isaac is going to like? Or does he just try and find a girl that will be desperate enough to get on the camels and go back with him? I mean, what is he looking for? How do you do it? Do you have like a beauty contest? Are they going to have an interview time? Do you have to get everybody together and have these little checklists of things that you're looking for? And that's the way a lot of people make decisions in your life. You use carnal weapons to make spiritual choices. You use your own opinion, your own thought, your own money, your own mind to decide what God's plan is for your life. I bind that spirit of carnality in the name of Jesus. Because I like the way this man conducted business. He said, I am going to follow the miracle. Heavenly Father, I need for you to come down and intervene. I will make myself available. I'll go to the well where the women are. But when I'm there, I need for heaven to get involved. I need a miracle. And I promise you, if you will allow the Spirit of God to intervene in your life, God will give you the right and the ability to hear His voice and know that He has a plan for your life, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. You can make the right choice if you'll follow the miracle and not yourself. So he goes to Mississippi. <laughs> what is the name of that town he went to? Nahor? Mississippi sounds so much better. And so he's there, he's looking at the well, and he starts praying. And the Bible says, before he finished praying, then it uses the phrase, behold, Rebecca. I like that word, behold. Those of you who have a Rebecca, 
know what it means to behold Rebecca. I remember the first time I beheld my behold. <laughs> Make sure you don't take hold of your behold before you marry him. But I saw my Mia and I was beholden. <laughs> you know, the name Rebecca means captivating. Arrested? See, if you wait for God, God will put something in your life that captivates you. You keep settling for the world, and all you'll have is the ordinary. But if you'll search God, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, you can leave the ordinary, and you can get you a behold. Behold. There's Mia walking across campus. <laughs> Behold, what I want God to do is to put a ministry calling on your life. It's not just about the girl or the guy that's in your life. But I want God to put a calling on your life that transcends that. You know, you look at Aaron Richardson. He married Odalis, and Aaron committed his life to Christ. It looks like he's left Odalis. He's not even in the sanctuary right now. You just wait till we see him on Monday. Jamie, write his name down on that little notepad you have there. But Aaron committed his life to the call of God on his life, and the Lord brought beautiful Odalis into his life. And they started forming their life around the call of God and the ministry. And I remember standing with Aaron on this stage when the door swung wide and Odalis comes in with this Audrey Hepburn dress on. It looked like right out of one of those classic movie scenes. I mean, just a beautiful wedding, a beautiful dress, beautiful young lady, and I'm there beside Aaron. I'm sure he's a handsome young man, but I don't know that I would recognize it. I don't think any of you deserve the woman you're sitting beside, if you want to know the truth about it. And so as she's walking down the aisle, I'm getting grouchy. I'll tell you what, buddy, you better not mess this up. You, I'll drag you behind the bumper of my truck. Touch that girl right there without, you better have your mind in the game. You better be committed. That's all I'm telling Don't you look around. Don't you try. I'll break you in half to touch look at that sweet little girl. Behold, I want God to give all of you a moment where he, there's Aaron. Welcome to the Buford Church of God over there, Aaron. I want God to give you a behold moment where you get to wake up. I, I'm so tired of talking to all these preachers, all preaching so hard. Uh, it's just so tough. It's so being in ministry, it's so difficult. Uh, you know, the people, and I, I could be in ministry. If it weren't for the people. I'm like, well, just quit. How, why, why can't you? Just realize that the call of God, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If the cross gets heavy, it's a cross you weren't called to carry. Somebody talk to me. And I, I talk to all these guys and they, they, they go around the room, oh, it's so hard. I've been to the church. They're slaving away, doing these things. Pastor, what about you? I'm like, I can't believe they pay me. I'm paid to pray. <laughs> I'm paid to play. I get to get on stage and just say whatever I want to, and they pay me to do it. 
It's the greatest job in the world at the greatest church in the world. God didn't give me a job. He didn't give me a, a day where I've got to just go through it and hope I survive it. No, every day this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm happy for the behold that's in my life. And I want God to put something in your life that captivates you. In the words of the Apostle Peter, when Jesus said, will you also leave? And he said, where would we go? I'm captivated. You have the words of life. Behold, Rebecca. And it occurred to me while I was on the roof preaching to the drive-in church today. That's what John the Baptist said. When Jesus comes to the river, John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he wonderful? Is there somebody that can fix your eyes on Jesus? The author and finisher of your faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and has now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I can tell you that there was a day that God opened my eyes and I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple, and God captivated my heart, and he stole the music of my soul. I don't understand you if you walk away from God. I know what temptation looks like. I know what it means to be tempted. I'm not trying to condescend or pretend as if I'm above it. I know what it feels like to want to punch somebody in the nose. And I think about it a little bit, but I don't do it. I'm not trying to say that I'm above you. I'm just telling you, I don't understand if you want to walk away from God to serve hell. He's better than what the world can offer. You know, our little songwriter, Meredith Baggett, she's writing another song based on a sermon that I've preached around here. She didn't stop drinking, she just changed brands. That's exactly what happened to us when we got saved. We looked at His glory and the world lost its color. And our eyes became fixed on Jesus. And then we heard the music of a city whose builder and maker is God. And our name was written down in the Lamb's book of life. And we cried out with John the Baptist beside the Jordan River. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I lift my hands in the sanctuary. And I commit my life to that Rebecca moment where God captivated my soul. Oh, and Rebecca, Rebecca submitted to the miracle. He walks up to that well. Can you give me something to drink? And she used that great theological philosophy of Chick-fil-A. My pleasure. And then, in good Mississippi fashion, she said, you just sit right down here. Sweetie, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to get some water. And I'm not only going to get some water for you, I'm going to water your whole camel. All your livestock. You're going to be all right. Just sit back and relax just a minute. Anybody had some southern hospitality lately? Somebody talk to me in the house. And so there he was watching her. 20 gallons for one camel. She watered all those camels. And I'm asking God for the spirit of Rebecca to rest on you. You know what I call that spirit of Rebecca? 
the spirit of the extra mile. What was Muhammad's wife's name? Buddha had several women in his life before he was enlightened. What were their names? Oh, what about the great Hindu faith? Tell me of the great women of the Hindu faith. These are great religions. No, it's Christianity that liberates women. Christianity didn't tell you the story of Isaac. It told you the story of Rebekah. He wanted you to know that there was a woman in the Old Testament who was beautiful inside and out, who was willing to go the extra mile, that she was willing to serve. The whole of Scripture is centered on a repeating theme that you need to be hospitable to strangers for you never know. You may be entertaining angels. It may be your promise. She had no idea that she was passing the greatest test of her life. Your whole life may come down to a few moments where you encounter the divine. And I want you prepared today to walk like Rebecca walked to that well of worship and work. You had to labor hard to be what God called you to be. Pour that water and finish the task. Now this story in the Old Testament is actually relived in the New Testament. You will find that every account of Christ is meant to overlap with a historical account in the Old Testament of God manifesting in His people. And Jesus was very deliberate in fulfilling prophetically these separate occasions that are in the Old Testament. For Jesus Himself, like this servant, went to a well. And there at that well, He encountered a woman. Not a righteous woman, but an unrighteous woman. She was willing to share the water. And while he was there with that woman, he reveals to you and I what the camels symbolize. When she said, give me this water that I might drink, Jesus said, they that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. For God is searching for a worshiper like that. These camels represent praise. They represent worship. And the difficulty with a lot of people who pretend they want to be like Rebecca is you take care of everything in your life but praise. You water yourself. You water your family. You take the water of your efforts and you give it to the people who come to your house. But my question is, are you still taking care of the animals of praise that will carry you through the dark times of your life. The reason you're not where you want to be is because your praise is thirsty. The reason you're not where you want to be is because your praise doesn't have the water to sustain you in the desert places of your life. You need to start watering the camels of your life like she did. Pastor, that's a hard task. Well, I've got good news for you. The camel you water today, you'll be riding on tomorrow. The camel you water today, you will own tomorrow. This woman was actually watering her own possessions. She became the queen of the house. 
She thought she was serving the camel, but eventually that camel was going to serve her. Because in Christianity, when you give, you get. When you die, you live. When you go down, you get up. So today you might be in the sanctuary and you say, you know what? I don't feel like praising God. I I don't feel like going the extra mile of praise. Well, I ask God to give this church the spirit of Rebecca that says it doesn't matter how I feel. It matters how he is. And the Lord today is great and greatly to be praised. I don't praise unto you. I don't praise unto the sound team. I praise as unto the Lord. And if 2,000 years ago God could pour out his water and blood for me, the least I can do is pour the water of my praise on the altar of God. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. I will magnify and glorify God. I want the spirit of Rebecca to fall on this house and everybody right now to go the extra mile and say thank you Jesus for your grace and your mercy I water the camels of praise in my life and I'm going to pass that test and I'm going to be what God called me to be I'm not going to relinquish I'm not going to back down I'm going to be the person that God called me to be water the camel right now all over this house I want you to lift your voices with me in this sanctuary and begin to magnify God. Come on, Rebecca. Let me hear your voice today. Lord, I praise you. I magnify you. That's it. I exalt your holy name. I'm going down to the well one more time. I'm stepping into the river one more time. I'm going to lift my voice in the sanctuary. If 2,000 years ago he lifted his hands for me, I can lift my hands for him. 2,000 years ago, he wore my crown of thorns, which lets me know I don't have to be ashamed of what God has given me, for it's the power of God unto salvation. If he was embarrassed for me, I'll embarrass myself for him. If he lifted his voice for me, I'll lift my voice for him. I come to church today as unto the Lord. So when I cut the grass, it's to the glory of God. When I clean the restrooms, it's to the glory of God. When I play my instrument, it's to the glory of God. When I worship, it's to the glory of God. When I go to work on Monday, it's the glory of God. When I go to school on Tuesday, it's to the glory of God. My life will be characterized by the effort that I have to pour the water of my life so that my praise consumes my highest efforts. Stand with me all over this house. I ask God today to give you the spirit of Rebecca, that spirit of the extra mile, so that you're not watering camels, you're watering Christ. You're not working for people. You're working as unto the Lord. What you do is a labor of love. It's an effort on your part to pursue Him and chase Him. I ask God today to give you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that you would be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Blessed when you rise and when you lay down at night. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm on your face and the rains fall softly on your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand.
God bless you. I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We hope you enjoyed Pastor Joey's word today. To find out more about our ministry, visit bcog.me. Our services are live streamed weekly on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have any questions, you can talk to one of our pastors anytime via bcog.me messenger. See you again in the next podcast episode.